Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we're opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life the way it was meant to be and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. We're glad to have you with us today. We have this month been going back and looking at some core verses that we have used this year for our theme. And our theme has been to finish what was started. And we have looked at the book of Philippians where there the apostle says that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. We've talked about Ecclesiastes where Solomon said the end of a matter is better than the beginning. Last time we went to John where Jesus talked about he accomplished all that the Father sent him to do. And probably the greatest passage in this context as we think about finish what was started was would be to take us to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and those familiar words in verse 7 where the apostle says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. And as we come to the end of a year, you know, there, there's a lot of different words based upon what kind of year it's been for you you might use. It might have been a good year for you. There might have been a wedding in your family or a baby born. It might have been a hard year for you. There might have been a death within the family. It might have been an unusual year. Or for some, it might have been just a plain year. Nothing really spectacular happened, but, you know, we've gotten through another year. We've had journeys and travels and all kinds of things that happened to us. But as we look at this verse and kind of zone in, as, as the Apostle Paul says this, we look at not just the end of a year, but we look at the end of a life with Christ. And again, one year to another year to another year, and pretty soon you add up a lifetime. And that's why the Apostle Paul could say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. Yeah, you get the sense in this last recorded letter that he knows his time on this side of death is coming to an end. Just before verse 7, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. That's a, an Old Testament allusion to one of the ways that God would accept sacrifices, right? Paul didn't just write Romans 12, 1 and 2 to other people, encouraging them to live as sacrifices. He says, I'm, I'm in the process of being poured out. The time of my departure has come. And in verse 7, Roger, that you highlighted, we have three I have phrases. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Sounds like the perfect sort of verse to draw this series to a close. Yeah, you know, and, and as Paul writes this last chapter through inspiration, uh, he's not looking at it through rose-colored glasses. He's not saying, Timothy, uh, everyone lives happily ever after. Uh, there's really some hard things in this chapter. He reminds Timothy to preach the word, and he tells them that time will come when brethren will not want that. They, they will not endure sound doctrine. They'll, they'll want their ears tickled. Later on in this chapter, he, he tells us of Demas, who deserts him. He talks about his first trial, how no one stood with him. He'll talk about how Alexander tried to destroy him. And so so through this, he's looking at this uh, not just with, with kind of a false, fuzzy view. He looks at it with reality. But through this, we see these strong statements, I have. I have fought. I have kept. 
I have finished. And and those are the things that we want to kind of focus on. So, Jason, let me ask you, first of all, how did Paul do it? Well, <laughs> we've got uh, a whole lot of the New Testament that tells us that story, right? I'm Several different answers. One that I would throw out is just before this, he, he talks about the power of Scripture. There at the end of chapter 3, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Paul could not have done it without the power of scripture. Um, I, I don't think we can put a too fine of a point on that. It, it was more than just knowing what to say, for instance, as he spent a few uh, weekends in a synagogue here and there. Scripture was the North Star for him, right? In scripture, he saw the fulfillment of God's great plan climaxing ultimately in Jesus Christ. He had his mind set on things above. He had his eyes fixed on Jesus, and it was Scripture that helped him do it. What else would you add? How did he do it? Well, I'd also add prayer. I mean, when you read his writings, you go through Ephesians or Colossians or Philippians, he's always talking about praying, praying for them, praying for others, pray for me, he would say. So, you know, with with Scripture, and, and this comes right behind Scripture, is deep, deep faith. And and I think that, that's what kept him going. Uh, when you read the book of uh, Corinthians, particularly 1 Corinthians 4 or 2 Corinthians 4, and, and you read what Paul went through and, and how he described himself as being hungry and thirsty and homeless, we are the scum of the earth, he would say. Uh, that's enough for most of us to quit. I mean, we would just say, I just can't do this. But he kept doing it, and he kept doing it, and he fought, and he finished, and he kept, as those phrases say. And and that was that deep, deep faith he had in Jesus that come from scriptures. I think of a lot of it is, is, and what helps us is when we are discouraged or times are tough, and we just think, you know what, I I just don't want to go on anymore. I just want it's easier to quit. We think about what our Lord went through, and we look at our Lord upon that cross, and we think, well, what I'm going through is nothing compared to that. And I think that was a lot to help Paul with those things. Yeah, it were he to quit, he would not have been able to say what he did in verse 7. I, I think that's the power for so many of us. And, and the inspiration behind verse 7, it's, This man knows the time of my departure has come, but he's able to look back and not say, I wish, or if I could go back, I would do this differently. I, I really intended to know the, the power is in being able to say, I have, I have fought, I have finished, I have kept. And Jason, let me, let, let's tie off of some of those, uh, those phrases there and look at that. Let, let's talk about this good fight. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that, that's, in some ways, it seems, uh, opposite of what Christianity is. We're supposed to be people of peace and kind and gentle. Yeah. And yet he's fighting 
a good fight. Yeah, well, and I I think one of the really important things to keep in mind there is that word good, right? Just because people have fought doesn't mean they are about to inherit eternal life. You, You don't have to be born again or love Jesus in order to fight, right? A lot of us find it very natural to fight, but this was the good fight. And of course, Paul, I think, would be very quick to tell us the goodness is defined by God. This wasn't a fight of Paul's own choosing or with his own methods. I think of what he wrote to those in Ephesus in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for, listen to this, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's what the good fight is. That's what Jude would describe in Jude verse 3 as contending for the faith that had been once for all delivered to the saints. And and I think that's essential to see. Some people will fight for their family name. Some people will fight for a position in a company or, you know, whatever they, it's all individual. It's all personal. This is, is the cause of Christ. Yeah. And, and the fight he did was a noble fight. Uh, he didn't get down, get ugly and call people names. He didn't, he didn't try to destroy somebody's character. He fought it by standing up for Jesus Christ. What about this next one? I have kept the faith. We'll come back to finishing the race in just a moment. What goes through your mind when you hear, I've kept the faith? Well, you know, of the, the faith... Faith is used uh, two or three different ways in our Bible. We we may think about uh, my personal faith, my belief. What do you believe? Well, that's my faith. And when Jude used this in Jude verse 3, contend earnestly for the faith. He's not talking about me individually. He's talking about the system of Christianity here. And so the faith is something that God wants us to have. And this faith is what you do when you come to Christ and you understand there's a way God wants you to live and there's a, there's a way God wants you to worship and there's a way in which God wants you to conduct yourself. And so Paul has kept that. He did not lose it. We, we sometimes use that other expression. Someone has lost their faith. Losing their faith means they no longer believe in Jesus. They're no longer practicing what God wants them to do. To keep it means I'm doing that. Yeah. And so, when there was opposition, when there's all kinds of, Paul would be with the first person in some cities, major, major cities that was a Christian. And he'd go places and preach, and he was the only Christian in that area. And he'd preach and preach and preach. And a lot of times people resisted it. Sometimes he was beaten, he was stoned, he was drug out of town, all kinds of things. But that did not cause him to give up. He did not say, well, if there would be a God in heaven, this wouldn't happen. That never happened to Paul. And there are places in our Bible where we read where he was discouraged. Uh, he was worn out. 
but he always maintained that belief in Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's what John, I think, would describe in Second John 9 as abiding in the teaching of Christ. It's what Paul himself described in Romans 1. I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation. I'm anxious to share with anyone, and I'm going to do my best to keep in step with that gospel. So then we come to that last expression, that's finishing the race. Yeah. Uh, New American Standard uses the phrase, finish the course. Yeah. Uh, what's that mean? Well, a course has been predefined, right? You had some uh, children that ran cross country. You didn't just get up with them on Saturday morning and take them out to just any old field and say, okay, you know, run as hard as you can in whatever direction you want. No, there was a defined starting point, a defined ending point. There were boundaries and that very much is exactly in flow with this good fight, this faith that has been defined. God has saved him. God has told him what the rest of his life is to be all about. And by living within the context of those boundaries, uh, you know, like he did with Agrippa talking about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment not just sharing those things, but practicing those things, he's run the course. So let me ask you, you know, we, we've talked about how Paul did it. Yeah. Let's talk about how we do it, because uh, we live in a culture today that just wants to accept everybody and anything, and the flavor of the month is compromise. So yeah. how does a disciple today finish that race? How does he keep the faith, fight the good fight? In a world that says, well, you give in a little and I'll give in a little, we'll be in unity. And, you know, all around us are these voices that are just telling us that, you know, you don't have to be so strict. You don't have to follow it so closely. And to that, what would you say? Well, I would go up just a few verses before this. We understand, of course, this is the aged apostle writing to a young evangelist. But even though this was... Timothy's male, if you will, the point is powerfully made in verse 2 and a little following in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For, he says in verse 3, the time is coming when people will not endure sound or healthy teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, he writes to Timothy, always be sober-minded. He goes on from there, but, but you think about what he is communicating. Timothy, there is a good fight, and there are going to be some who start that, and they won't finish it when the fighting gets tough. There is the faith once for all delivered to the saints, not everybody is going to abide within that. Some are going to wander away from that. There is a course to be respected and run. Some are going to get out of bounds. And tragically, they're, they're not going to come back. So how do we 
finish this race? Well, I would lean on those verses, first of all, and say we cannot be ashamed of the word. The word has been delivered to us by God. It is perfect divine communication. And if it is in the word, we need to be following it. If it is not in the word, we need to leave that behind. This is not just instruction for preachers on what to preach. This is divine expressed expectation of God has spoken, and we need to walk accordingly. And when someone says, you don't have to follow it that close, you don't have to be that strict, the first thing that comes to my mind is, says who? Yeah. I mean, show me that passage in the Bible that says that. I mean, why should I listen to you and not listen to God? And God has told us that we need to keep his commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, is what the Lord says. And so there's always a temptation just to take the foot off the accelerator of our faith, just to slow down a little bit. You don't have to be real intent. You don't have to be in 100%. Just just dip your toe into religion, and that's enough. Well, that's that's the message of Satan. And that kind of message will not change your life, won't change your attitudes, really won't make you be any different than what anyone else is. What we find in Christ is you become like Jesus, and your attitude will be like Jesus. The way you treat others will be like Jesus. You treat people like Jesus treated them. And and in doing that, there's going to be a fight uh, because some people try to pull you away and to say, well, what I'm doing is just enough. And if it that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. But you know better because you know what the Bible says and you follow that Bible. And that makes all the difference here. And so here comes a word from the apostle who says there was a fight and I fought it. It was a good fight and I fought it. And there was a course or a race and I finished it. And there was a faith and I kept it. And I kept it to the very end. You know, we have heard this saying before that the, the, the Bible that, that's all worn out belongs to somebody whose life is not worn out mm. because because God has been with him. He, those scriptures have become part of his life, and that makes all the difference. Yeah. I, I mean, if the Lord is waiting for us at the finish line, don't we want to do everything to cross that finish line fully pleasing to him. That That is the picture that Paul has in mind. I believe there in verse 18 of this same chapter, even as he has just said, I'm being poured out as a drink offering, the time of my departure is at, is at hand. He says in verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. How comforting for the person who has fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith to know that Jesus is just beyond the finish line. But on the flip side, I mean, you mentioned Roger earlier, we've got specifically named individuals in this last chapter who hadn't done that, who who had in fact made the apostle's life very difficult, had stood in opposition to the work of the kingdom. How horrifying to think about crossing the finish line with Jesus on the other side, not right with him. Absolutely. And and we need to remind ourselves, unless I unless unlike our culture today, there's no second place. 
There's no t-shirt for a try and there's no consolation prize. Either you keep it or you don't keep that faith. And you read verse 18, verse 17, right before that, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That's the key. That's how you fight this fight. That's how you finish it. That's how you keep the faith is realizing the Lord will be with me. The Lord is there for me. And those, those great admonitions is what keep us going. When you're discouraged, you keep going. When it's hard, you keep going. When you want to quit and that's the easy way out, you keep going. You don't look for that exit ramp. You don't look for somebody else to do the work for you. You just keep your eyes on Jesus and realize that's the finish I want to have. Finish what was started. That has been a great, great theme that has served us well in many ways. And Roger, with this episode, we are finishing what was started all the way back in January, January 2nd of 2023. As hard as it is for me to believe, this is episode number 152 of this year. 152 episodes that we have done together, and and it has been my pleasure to do this with you. It's been good for me, and we are so encouraged by the feedback of so many. This will be our last episode of the year. We're going to take a little bit of time to recoup and catch our breath. Lord willing, you will be back with a Jumpstart Rewind on Monday, January 2nd. 2024. Can you imagine if I had told you it when you were 16 years old, you'd be talking into a computer in 2024. That uh, that would have blown your mind. It would have been blowing my mind because at age 16, I'm not sure you're around yet. <laughs> no, I wasn't around yet. <laughs> that would have been an interesting conversation. <laughs> that would have. We, we so appreciate all of you for listening and being such an encouragement to us. Thank you for being a blessing to us throughout 2024. We hope this, or 2023, I should say, we hope this conversation and our conversations throughout the year have helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come. We look forward to seeing you in 2024.